...darkness of scuttling akimbo between glazed porcelain tiles isn't meant to last past childhood. Instead, we can learn from the general practice rather than the specifics. Children aren't only less inhibited than adults. They are also less powerful and smaller, too. They may or may not be more open-minded and liberated than grown-ups, but they are forced to live in a world that wasn't designed for them, and one that is not primarily concerned with their desires and their welfare. And so, children are constantly compromising, constantly adjusting to an environment that is clearly not theirs. Not yet. That's wisdom, not innocence. If only we could harness that wisdom and make use of it, not only by dancing through malls, but also by approaching life with the attention and prowess my daughter exhibited that day. For her, anything could be coaxed into releasing meaning and pleasure and joy. I mean it, too, anything whatsoever, no matter how seemingly boring or stupid or meaningless— Shopping and transit and work and chores and residential zoning disputes and tax preparation. After all, adults also don't live in a world designed for us. Climate, entropy, accident, crowds, happenstance, erosion, heartbreak. We are fools to think that we are in control of the universe. Children are right to allow the humility of their smallness to rule the day. My daughter showed us the key. Misery gives way to fun when you take an object, event, situation, or scenario that wasn't designed for you, that isn't invested in you, that isn't concerned in the slightest for your experience of it, and then treat it as if it were. As we'll learn in more detail, this is what play means— Play isn't doing what we want, but doing what we can with the materials we find along the way. And fun isn't the experience of pleasure, but the outcome of tinkering with a small part of the world in a surprising way. Think about a musical instrument, like a guitar. When you play it, you don't do whatever you want, not at all. Rather, you do something very particular. You hold its fretted fingerboard in some patterns while strumming its strings in others. By manipulating the physical configuration of the device, you make it produce a subset of the infinite pattern of sounds we call music. And even if you don't know how to play the guitar, you can still play with it. Just holding a guitar as if you have mastered it is a kind of play— a make-believe that signals soul and nonchalance. Likewise, the hair-metal guitarist who swings his axe to trash the concert set also plays it in yet another way, wielding the solid wood body as a demolition tool. You can play anything, it turns out, like my daughter can play the ceramic floor tiles, like Hendrix can play the Fender Stratocaster, This book is about how to play and why we need to.
play seems unserious and trivial until playful encounters with familiar objects like floor tiles and guitars demonstrate that, no, play invites and even requires greater attention, generosity, respect, and investment than its supposedly more serious alternatives do. Confronted with the arbitrariness of the world and all its contents, we are faced with a challenge. How to make do, how to find meaning, how to thrive and flourish even though the universe is ultimately indifferent. One answer is to resist, to abdicate, to reject our surroundings, possessions, and relationships as potentially insufficient and therefore untrustworthy. But another answer is to embrace the stupidity of mall floors and guitars and everything else, to allow the things we encounter to set the terms for our scrutiny rather than in...